Most people are motivated by things that help them make a difference, even if they have to give up some freedoms to do so. There is a rise of social justice work among non-Christians. It's, it's actually quite cool for millennials who aren't Christians to go to Africa and do what we basically would, we would call Christian mission work. Why? Because I think probably they're recognising that the hyper-freedom thing isn't bringing the meaning, so they're starting to look for meaning in living for a cause bigger than yourself. And that's what Jesus said. So we should be cheering that on and recognizing that because Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive. When we make the Christian life about give your life to Jesus, come to the altar, give your life to him. Now you're going to just come to church and not do anything else with your life. Just be a good person and you go to heaven one day when you die. How is that message appealing to young people today? But when we say, hey, you know what? God has called you to truly represent him on the earth. You are called to be instruments of God's justice and love and peace. And you can make a difference that can actually benefit the quality of life of people on this planet. Mm. Now that is a call worth moving for. Welcome back, everyone, to Christians in Culture. Uh, My name's James, and we're going to be looking at the topic of freedom overload. Freedom! I've been waiting to do that. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Good to have you with us. Uh, You you wrote this months ago, and you probably thought of it at the time, and you've been holding on to it. I just couldn't do it in my Scottish (laughs) Scottish William Wallace accent. Yeah. (laughs) It may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Do we need to start uh, this podcast again or are we again. okay? Just no, nah, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. We'll might edit it out later. Who no, knows? No, don't. Um, so, talking about freedom. So, that what we're going to be talking about today and just a little bit of an introduction. Uh, so, our society is built on this premise that true happiness is found when we can find absolute freedom to do what we want, when we want, however we want, who we want to do it with, all of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. That's the message. That's the message. It's Peter Pan. So, uh, and it's what? Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Neverland. That's what that was all about. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. Peter Pan. Good point, Adam. That's good to have you with us today. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. Um, so, I suppose a lot about what we're talking about today, a credit is going to go to Mark Sayers, uh, who's uh, the minister at. I don't know, is, it a pa- is he senior he, pastor he or is, is he the... the I believe he, I don't know. Mark Sayers is the senior pastor at senior Red, pastor Church, at Red in Church in Melbourne. The Brain. Um, so, and a lot of this stuff... That Mark the Brain Sayers. Mark yeah. the Brain Sayers, that's correct. <laughs> so Highly recommend. We've talked about uh, a podcast that he does with, uh, with uh, John Mark Comer um, called This Cultural Moment. Um, and a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about today has come out of the discussions that happen in that. Uh, so you might hear us talk about Mark Sayers and just to credit we some want to credit and, re- and recommend yeah recommend that, that you go and to listen to that because, if, especially uh, if any of this stuff tweaks yep. anything you're thinking of go and jump on and have a look there's a couple of seasons there and uh, they're not super long uh, the seasons so you know you'd be able to jump on there and be able to catch up pretty quick the podcasts are quite long Podca- the podcasts are longer f- there's a longer form podcast but the seasons aren't super long correct. I should say sorry they're not, not like we have long form long seasons so yeah. you're probably yeah. bored of us by now we are in see episode 13, 13 aren't yeah. we yes that's okay uh, so first question in the west we're arguably living in an unprecedented time of freedom well, at least we say that, whether or not it, uh, that actually is the case for most people um, or for some people, who knows. But we're facing record levels of loneliness, anxiety, depression, suicide, drug use, alcoholism, all of those things. So what on earth has gone wrong if we're all in this unprecedented time of freedom? Wow. Look, I, I go straight away to an analogy because that's how my mind works. And when I think about my kids, if they are, like next week we'll be going to a caravan park and I, as soon as I get to that caravan park, I give my kids some rules, some boundaries and a walkie-talkie. And I say to them, you can do, and, and God does this in the garden, it's really interesting, but you can do whatever you want. Ride your bike wherever you want. You know, be wherever you want. Just stay within this boundary. 
and I'm going to call you on this walkie-talkie, and if I say I want you to come back, you've got to come back, mm. right? There's so much freedom in that. Yep. Once they step outside of that boundary, they're on their own. Yep. It, it, it could get to the stage where they step out of the range of the walkie-talkie and they can't talk back to me. All of a sudden, what seemed like a freedom has turned into a really scary place. Yep. And I find that that's where society is at right now. Is we've had these we've had these rules for better word of yep. boundaries. Of boundaries boundaries yeah we did a around. series in our church called boundaries for this yeah. very reason yep. yeah yep. and like I often come back to the the scripture that says where there where there are no boundaries the people cast off restraint yes yeah and it's not it's not a place of freedom it's mm. a place of fear yeah and and I don't think um, having freedom is what we actually are experiencing at the moment yeah. I was I was laughing, so sorry if you could hear me in the background. I wasn't laughing at what Adam was saying. <laughs> is that because as soon as I saw freedom was on here, I immediately went back to my theological class when we talked about freedom and the exact same analogy came through about the idea of freedom not being that you can just do whatever you want whenever you want and that you do you culture because all it does is that you cannot do anything because you will eventually find a place where something that you do will then impact someone, someone else. else. Mm-hmm. Crosses the and, and so their idea of freedom and your idea of freedom will then lap over to where that they disagree. Yeah, and right. in, in that spot, one of those people won't have freedom. That's exactly yes, right. That's right. And exactly that's, it. that's the thing is that, and the thing that I don't know if I'm going to jump for because... Go ahead anyway. We'll the, Bi- the Bible, the reason that we as Christians follow the Bible is that it sets out boundaries for how we live, not to restrict us, hmm. but to bring true freedom. That's right. Because inside these wide boundaries, and I think that's where people misconstrue the boundaries that are placed in the Bible, is that they're not narrow and constrictive they're wide and expansive for us to express so many different things in so many different ways Mm. that we can even be christians and disagree on topics and still be christians and still be within the limits and boundaries of the bible Mm. but people see this big constrictive thing it's you, you see people on when they have acreages they put up fences not to necessarily just to mark their boundaries, but they put up fences inside their fences to help block off their animals that are in there from danger. And that's what the Bible does is the reason they put boundaries up is so that we don't go out. If we go outside of those, we are potentially opening ourselves up to danger. Mm. And God being loving wants to then to give us this wide expansive thing that we can go and run and play and do whatever mm. and be as free as we want inside those boundaries knowing that we'll be safe yeah. and that as soon as we try and then for ourselves define the boundaries and go over those boundaries and start, that's where we lead into danger and that's where bad things can happen. Mm. I think of young Simba sitting on Pride Rock with Mufasa, yep. his dad beside him and he can have all of this but he wants what's on the other side over yeah. there. Don't go over there, son. Uh, yeah. But he's drawn to that yeah. and uh, call it lion nature, human nature. That That's yeah. a commentary on human nature. Yeah. We always want what we can't, can't have, have yeah. unaware that mm. it's an elephant graveyard. Yeah. And we can toddle ourselves over there saying, I just can't wait till I'm king and I can do whatever I want and mm-hmm. I'll be able to call the shots. Yeah. Completely unaware that uh, we get ourselves in a mess when we do that. That is yeah. that's the story of Genesis, isn't yeah. it? And, yeah. and this sense of freedom over like this 21st century utopia message that tells us that true meaning and happiness comes when we have what we want, when we want, go wherever we want, sleep with whoever we want, identify how our, ourselves however we want. Mm. That somehow, once we have that freedom, we'll have reached true utopian life. Mm. Well, that hasn't worked. Mm. Uh, but I think we're only in the early stages of people starting to figure that out. Mm. Uh, mental illness, isolation, depression, anxiety, all at record levels. Mm. So there's a there's a, a dichotomy between the message and the reality of it um now what excites me this sounds cruel because I, i'm not excited about th- those social problems i was just describing but i'm excited about the fact that maybe the world's starting to wake this up to this mm. and m- my desire is 
Christians, as, as, as a Christian and as a representative of Christ is, and his church, is that if we, can pres- if we can prepare ourselves and get rid of all our extreme social media posting and put ourselves in a position where we are wised up to this too, we're potentially very well placed to pick up the pieces and actually be able to introduce people to Christ when they start to wake up to the fact that utopia has been a dystopia. Um, but if we don't change what we're doing as a church, mm. we will miss that opportunity. Yep. The devil will make sure that there are other things, other lies, other deceptions that will pick up the pieces yep. and it will offer yet another perpetual lie. So I do think that we can, we can be wised up to that. We can put ourselves, position ourselves well for this, to overcome this, um, this barrier between us and the very community, the world that we are called to reach. So good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we've been talking about not sharing memes and stuff like that, but I did see a meme that was very, very apt for this, uh, this, this discussion, and it was like a list of all of the things that we tell our kids not to do. Mm. Don't play with fire. Mm. Don't play on the street where there's cars. Don't eat too many um, jellies, otherwise you'll throw up. But if you want to take your genitals and cut them off, then that's okay. Like, wow, man, like that is like, we're, we're teaching our kids all of these things because we know that they aren't old mm. enough to figure that out for well, themselves that's the yet. worst case scenario, yeah, that's right. They're not old enough. They haven't got the experience and yeah. it's been proven that men don't even mature until they're in their mid-20s, mm. you know? Well, I and thought it was 48. I was, <laughs> looking, for, I was looking forward <laughs> to it next year. <laughs> well, maybe it is, you know. But I've only know, got like five more months and I'll be mature. Right? That's what I was thinking anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, and not to just jump straight into that yeah. L- LGBTIQ kind of yeah. idea, but there are that's this is this whole idea of boundaries. Mm. Like... We we need boundaries. Mm. We need to be nurtured mm. um, until we f- are able to form our own opinions, and yeah, yeah, we have to have a place of safety in order to do that. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Yeah. So, back to the great theologian Mark Sayers. Uh, he talks hey, about. I'm not the great theologian anymore. I've been superseded <laughs> by. Mark you're Sayers. the bishop. Well, yeah. So you you are the student of Mark Sayers. I think that's probably. Ah, I see. <laughs> Mark Say is actually, despite being one of the fit, smartest people I know, apparently he's got a high school degree. Yeah. So I felt with my diploma in Christian ministry and theology, I feel incredibly well educated well, now. And then, and then I've done my Bachelor of Theology. Right. So we all know that having degrees means nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk at the same level as Rowan. And then Rowan's not speaking the same level as Mark Say is. Especially so when we know backwards. that P's make degrees. Yeah. So. Oh, that's yeah. It. <laughs> okay. All right. It's not about me. Let's move forward. Um, Mark Sayers talks about the three reservoirs of human meaning. So what are they and how do they relate to each other? So the first one being freedom. Maybe just we'll just mention the three of them and then we can... Okay, so first up, we've got freedom. The second one is community slash connection. And the third one is we need a cause to live for. So they're the... the three reservoirs of human meaning. So look at the first one being freedom. Sure. So he's defining that in order to try and find identity and and meaning and purpose in life and fulfillment in life, we do need those three. Um, So let's talk about it one by one. So freedom. Well, Mark Sayers makes the point that in the West, at least for most of us, we are overflowing in freedom. Mm. Uh, we might think we're not, compa- you know, we don't have the freedom, pe- people might be thinking, well, I don't have the freedom to do whatever I want, when I want, whoever I want, but relative to the rest of the world and relative to the rest of history, a vast majority of people do have an overloading amount of freedom. That's interesting to say, to say people living in Syria, Central America, North Korea, ethnic minorities in Western countries, so indigenous people or African Americans in the United States or Hispanics in the United States, people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, even people from this three of us guys who have some women on the mm. podcast as well. We've had some women on the podcast, but, but you know, different genders. There's, there's relative less amounts of freedom. But generally speaking, the vast majority of people live with a high degree of freedom. But in order to get more meaning, we actually have to consciously limit our freedom. And this is a bit like what we've been talking about with the boundaries you guys said mm. so succinctly limiting our 
freedom actually is what creates meaning. When we when we can go and ride our bike outside the bounds of our walkie-talkie, we've we've actually lost our freedom there. Mm. True true happiness comes from voluntarily staying within our boundaries. Jesus says to truly gain our lives, we need to be willing to give up our lives. It's it's in the West. The problem is that we have so many freedoms that it's led to a lot of the problems. There's a term that's actually become a social, socially accepted term in recent times called choice anxiety. Have you guys heard the term choice anxiety? No, I yep. don't understand the idea. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix is a classic oh, example of choice anxiety. Netflix yeah. versus Stan, though. Yeah. You've got so much on Netflix, so much on Stan, but which one do you start with? Yeah. yeah. And then you've got KO if you want to watch some sport. Yeah. And then you've also got YouTube if YouTube. you just want to watch yeah. you know, right. specific content. You've got yeah. so many choices and you can't choose one. You end up just flicking between all of them and go, there's nothing to watch. So an, an example, I was talking with Pastor Terry McNeil, our, la- our location pastor. That's right, we go, there's nothing, we're overloaded, it's too hard. I was chatting with Terry McNeil this morning over breakfast and we were talking about this choice anxiety and saying how I, and he was, he was agreeing with me actually, we hate to go into a restaurant and they, send, they give you a menu and it's got like four different menus. I feel like overloaded. I feel like saying to, when I'm with Jill, I go, can you just decide? I make choices mm. all day, every day. I don't want to even think about this menu. We're overloaded with choices. A uh, Part of the reason I actually... Compared to, say, go to Woolies or Coles versus going to Aldi. Going to Aldi, there's one of everything. I don't have to make a choice. I can run mm. around. I can get everything. The problem is, Pastor Terry said that there's there's one of every item, but there's also one lane open. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's choice. Yeah, when, you, when you need the choice, there isn't a choice. But, but this overwhelming sense of there's too many choices is leading to anxiety. It's actually leading, increasing it. Mm. Do you want to add anything, Adam? Jimmy? I just add, even, I just want to add to the idea that we have so much freedom here in the West. Like, as a police officer, when I arrest someone, even they have freedoms. They have, they have rights that we will explain to them mm-hmm. while they're, and we have a, a, a form that basically uh, the custody manager at the police station will say, these are your rights while you're here in custody. Mm. You're allowed to remain silent. You're allowed to have legal representation. You're allowed to, if you um, fit into a specific category of person, you can have a support person with you. And, you know, you're, you're only allowed to be kept for X amount of hours before these other things happen. So we, we have such a great amount of freedom even when we lose our freedom, we still have freedom. Yeah, yeah. Compared yeah. to people in other countries that that's right. Have so I'll, no I'll just freedoms. explain. So here in Australia, we live under an adversarial um, legal system, where we have an advocate that will um, be the mediator in between us and the court. Whereas other um, places in the world they live under the inquisitorial system and they have far less freedoms and they are and and they are subject to far worse treatment than you'll ever experience in in a country like ours wow i think that's good so the next one is there anything else pastor on you want to say Um, well i've got in my notes here that we find meaning through deep connection with other people and through sacrificing for a bigger cause, which are the other two issues. Yep. So if we're only trying to find meaning in our freedom and at the expense of those mm. other things, we'll end up, uh, we'll end up not being free. Mm. And in order to experience connection, which mm. we'll talk about in a moment, in order to experience living for a cause, those things actually will require us to voluntarily give up some freedoms. Yep. So if I'm going to be in connection with you guys, I've given up mm. my Saturday to come here to connect with you guys. So yep. I've limited my freedom. In, there's a whole lot of other things I could be doing on a Saturday. You could be doing that. Yep. So there is this sense of we voluntarily will give up some things because we believe it's worth it. And yep. You know, if, if you give up your life, you'll find it, Jesus says. Yep. If you give freedom to people without the wisdom to know how to handle it, they will end up self-destructing. That's why you said to your kids, I need you to stay within these boundaries. But the freedom narrative says, well, you can't tell your kids what to do. They can ride wherever they want. Now, no parent is going to, no, no self-respecting parent will do that. They will understand that they need to volu- they need to consciously limit the freedoms of their children for the children's uh, safety. And their growth as well. And their growth, understanding yeah. that. So we've got this choice anxiety problem. Yeah. Anytime we try to obtain wisdom and define good and bad, right and wrong for ourselves, it will ultimately mm. implode. 
we need to limit our freedoms in order to have meaning. And the thing is, this choice anxiety, this is, this is what makes it hard. I actually think that the a part of the reason that we have this high hyper-right and hyper-alt narrative in the world today and on social media and in mm. the media in general is because limiting, making the choice to limit your freedoms is another choice you have to make. People yep. are exhausted from making choices. So, Adam, I don't want to think about what I believe about LGBT. I don't want to think of what I believe about Israel Folau. I don't want to think about what I believe about mm-hmm. Israel and Palestine. Could you tell me what I need to believe? Because mm. it's a whole lot easier for me to listen to you than think mm. about it myself. Yeah, and you have yeah. to do it in within 40 characters, otherwise they <laughs> don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. that's right. And, th- I mean, it's I agree 100% with that. And I think that's, a, that's the issue that we're talking about, is not being abreast of all of the issues enough. So yes, we can't be experts about all of the issues, but we need to have an awareness enough to not be naive about it. And yeah, I think that's, that's one of the things, but I, I, I find that we tend to grasp one issue mm. And we stay, and we die on a hill for that issue, and we we scream loud about that issue, and we don't really take all of the other issues in in account because that one issue that we are are vocal about is is affected by all of those other issues yep. as well. Totally. I'm just thinking. Last episode, you corrected me about eating your cake and having it too. Yeah. Um, there's another saying that comes to mind, which is often misquoted as well. I'm just looking it up now, but I'll, it's uh, found a quote that says seven quote phrases that have been you've been misquoting. <laughs> one of them, one of them is uh, where we say "jack of all trades and master of none." Yeah. That's actually not the original statement either. The original statement was that we should be a jack of all trades and master of one. Right. So I think that's a different perspective. That's mm. knowing a little bit about everything, yeah. but knowing a lot about something. Mm. And for each of us. Mm we should identify what is it that we're passionate about? What is it mm. that we feel motivated by God to bring kingdom to earth with yep. and then research and study that everything else. It's good to do our research and, mm. and learn a little bit, but recognize that we don't have to speak like an expert on something. That's right. Find your issue, speak to it wisely and just weigh into conversation and others and seek to learn, but not yep. seek to be the voice yeah. of mm. uh, the voice of truth to That's every right. situation. Yeah. And I know that I find myself in that situation because I'm a random knowledge knower of so many different topics. But for a lot of those that I know there are people who have way more knowledge on those topics. And then that's the challenge for me is that, okay, I might be able to give some sort of opinion on the limited knowledge I have, but then at the same time be open for people who have way more knowledge on that topic. Mm. Like what we did when um, Rowan spoke about Israel, Mm. we both sat back and just took in because we knew bits and pieces mm. of stuff about the topic, but we didn't really know a whole lot. We were nowhere near having knowledge on that topic where Rowan had a lot more, so we sat back and listened, and I think that's what we need to do more often is to be able to do that. Yeah, that's and great. That's good thought. Um, so we'll go on to the second um, the second of the, uh, of of the three, yep. uh, which is about community and connection. Um, and I think this is something that's so important and it probably um, is probably the cr- like is a, a crux of the church, but it's also it's a really important. And I think we'll s- see that as we talk about that a little sure. bit more. Mm. Um, Who to begin? Yeah, look, I think one of the phenomena that we can really take some like it's a great case study is, is CrossFit. Have you, have you looked at the CrossFit, CrossFit community? Yeah, man, they are the best bunch of people. They all encourage each other. They love each other. Mm. They also um, push each other to achieve, and and celebrate the achievement. It's it is so countercultural, and it's really interesting to watch. Like, uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I know um, Craig Rochelle just interviewed. Um, a man, I can't remember his name, but he was like one of the best CrossFitters in the world. Yeah, and they were talking about this idea about, and and we can kind of see kingdom culture at work in a place that's very self-orientated, mm. but it's also not at the same time. And is that because of the community aspect? You think? I think it's definitely about yeah. the community aspect, and community brings meaning and purpose and fulfillment. Yeah, yeah not only that, but they also realise that each individual. Um, achieves a greater potential 
in community. The more people are around them, pushing them and encouraging them, that person is able to go on and do even even greater things than they ever could have done on their own. It's, imp- yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. I think community, I think, is just so... Ends up being so underrated by so many people because it's this the whole when it comes to you do you type thing where okay well i can just go and do whatever i want i don't need other people um i can make my choices but then you see things pop up like Mm. crossfit um and you and you find that and the passion that people like i always just look to sport and the passion that people have for sporting clubs like you look at probably the biggest is football like soccer football is that you you got clubs like Barcelona who have hundred thousand seat stadium. No, like that's not a like a, a guess. It's a hundred thousand seat stadium. Mm. It's more like a coliseum, mm. and every week it's full. Wow! With people going to watch a team play for ninety minutes, yep. and they're there the whole time, chanting, screaming, waving flags, yelling, cheering, whatever. Mm. The whole time, like it's just you watch those games and there's just constant noise in the background because there's a hundred thousand people constantly making noise for the team that they're passionate about. Mm. And you like if and they always talk about soccer being a religion, and it, because the way that people attach themselves to it is very like a religious thing. And the reason is that it's because this community they wrap themselves around this one thing and they create a community. People, you know, you even see it like people who are part of the fan bases of um, the, like the fanatical fan bases of teams in like say NRL or in the A-League. Um, in the A-League when they had the Sydney Derby, you've yeah. got the Western Sydney The RBB one, on the, one the, end and you've got the yeah. Cove on the other. And they, um, they, they, they'll be walking to in the yeah, community, they do the walks in five and stuff kilometres like from the stadium and things like that. And not to mention that they've driven all the way that. to the game as yeah. well yeah. from yeah. wherever yeah. they live. Yes. Yeah. And they, but they create communities inside that. So you have the Cove. So you have people who support Sydney FC, which is um, currently my team. There's a new team coming to MacArthur, so we don't know where that's going to go at the moment. Um, but the, inside that, they have the Cove, which is the, the fanatical fan base of that team. So they're the ones that are the active support is the name that it's given. Uh, and so they're the ones that are always cheering, always chanting and whatever throughout the whole game. And all these people, different backgrounds, whatever, they all come together on pretty much like at least half of the season. They're there in that one game and they go to the summer away games and they are coming together, creating a community right. yeah. around this And there's purpose team. and meaning yeah. and identity yeah. coming in there. And they, and, they, and they love it. And I love sitting with them because it's just so much more fun. I'd yeah. rather sit there and chant while I'm watching the game because it's years so much ago, more fun. On a side note, feel before you bought all the sporting people, but years ago I went to... See the ashes one summer mm. with um, with an English friend, and uh, it was the, the it Barmy was a year, army. it was the Barmy army, and it was a year when uh, Australia was being completely annihilated yeah. mm. by the Barmy army. And I had, I think he deliberately sat us among the Barmy army, but it was an incredible <laughs> day. And I sensed and I saw the community mm. aspect, I saw the the identity aspect, yeah. and I, I you know, and I don't think that's all bad because God says it's not good for man to be alone, mm. and He's not yeah. talking just gender there; He's talking yeah. about created for community we yeah. we crave community Definitely. that's why we crave national identity we crave mm. our family identity we, we crave my church and mm. my 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 and and mm. some of that is good um sporting clubs and so on it, it's it's good to have that i think where what concerns me about what we may be starting to see is we're starting to see a swing back towards i guess hyper nationalism in the west mm. hyper community where it's all about, I don't care about anybody who's not part of my community. Yep. I'm happy in my community. I'm getting my meaning from my community. Mm. And uh, that is a potential danger that's coming to... The f- yep. it's, it's like we're a generation that's completely forgotten about the Holocaust. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't have to live through it. I, I remember in 9-11 when I was... Uh, I just recently moved to Sydney, recently come on staff at mm. my last church. And when 9-11 happened, and, and in Australia, we saw a swell in the congregation for one to two weeks... In America, I think it, they said it lasted three or four weeks, and then everyone went back to normal again. Mm. It's like people, people forget about the worst aspect of this, that, mm. that actually hyper-community can, where it's isolationist and it's only about 
us and ours actually does create downsides. Yeah. So you've got Hitler. But Hitler created community around Definitely. his Nazi party. Hmm. You look at some of that footage of Hitler, that's just hyped up community. Hmm. They had a whole town that was just for them. That's right. Hmm. So yeah. how do we get the balance right? Community yeah. is necessary, but any, I think, I guess the point is with any, if we take any of these three that Mark Sayers talks about, having a cause, having community, having freedom, we take any to the nth degree at the expense of the yeah. other two, hmm. we end up with dysfunction. Yeah. See, ultimately, community doesn't save you. No, no. And, and that's the, that's mm. the, I suppose, the standout am- amongst all of that. Yep. It, and it, yeah. Like, I, I was talking to someone the other day about soccer games mm. and stuff, and one of the things that came out was that they don't have pro presenter at the soccer game. Like, mm. they all know the songs. Yeah. They all know that song, and they all get there early. And they all get the best seat that they possibly can. Yeah. And that's probably an aside that we, we could talk about later. <laughs> yeah. but Spoken like a worship pastor, that is. Oh, it's the same thing. I've, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to church, though. Why? Yeah. Why do they sit in the back? Yeah. Sit in the front. Be mm. here early. Like, mm. this should be... This is the grand final. We, like, Every we Sunday. go throughout the week in order to come here and mm. get filled with the Spirit and go and do it all again. And, like, get here early. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the so seats funny. up the front are for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Spoken like a worship pastor. <laughs> I love it. It's a good point, though. Mm. And yeah. And so I, sp- I suppose... Oh, sorry, we're going to say... No, you go ahead. All, all I was going to say is, like... Um, so, I don't know that... So, in the church, we have, like, a an NCLS, which is National Church Life Survey. And I don't know if it's that one or if it's another one. For life of me, I can't remember. I tried to look through my notes. NCD? Can't Ma- NCD. That was probably... Natural Church Development. Um, yep. And that's the one that's worldwide, isn't it? The uh, NCD? Yes. Ah, yes. Okay, that's the one. And so they have the example of a health. what is a healthy church. Yes. And they have the example of the buckets. So on a bucket, you have different, like an old school bucket. You think the old one, which is held together by the metal rings. Yeah. It's Multiple got planks. different staves. Yeah. So that or, or planks. No, to staves. Correct. That's yeah. probably the correct and word. So, well done, um, so a perfect bucket has the, the staves are all the exact same length and the same width and they're all perfect. So you can hold the maximum amount of water. So bucket's bucket. only as good as its lowest. Yeah. So first hole. It, yeah, the, where yeah, it leaks. So the yeah. lowest the lowest stave uh, is where the bucket leaks. And it's the same thing when it comes to the church. So there was like different elements like, um, you know, how loving you are, how accepting you are, how much, um, you, what your worship is like. Uh, and there was Teaching, eight stays. Teaching, empowering, leadership, te- yeah, goes on. Well, yeah. Seven or eight or whatever eight, it was. Eight, it and so your lower stave is where it, over, like where it flows out. And so, and it, this, these three is the same type of yes, scenario. Good, is good that analogy. How healthy you are is that by how equal these three sit mm-hmm. in whether it's a church or whether it's culture mm-hmm. how how healthy the culture is how healthy a church is how healthy you are as a person i think comes back to how th- these three in your life how equal they are so if you're all about freedom which the first one we talked about but you you know you're not in community you're not in community you're not living but, for anything bigger than yourself yeah but you or yeah you're living for a cause which might be yourself so it just jacks up your freedom a little bit more. Your healthiness rating is going to be pretty low. Yeah, correct. But then if you're all about a community and all that connection, so if you just love your sporting team and all that sort of stuff, but you don't need to take freedom so that when you, like, you become a, like, say, for soccer, the, the worst degree of that is being passionate about your team is when you become a hooligan. So all you do is you go around, and so when you go and follow your team around, you just start fights and to the point where people have died. Um, yep. Because of this, when you get hooliganism, is that so then that community isn't healthy because you're impacting on people's freedoms and you know because all you've done is jacked up this cause which then is jacked up your community and then but there's no freedom for other people um so that it's just there no matter where you go there's a a way of it being healthy um and i think that's the the important thing is that having that that's why the all three are important balance yeah absolutely um and then i think like that last point which we sort of touched on is that for when it comes to community and connection is that God promises that true community will be found in the church. Yeah. Um, Not the Christian version of nationalistic yeah. church yeah. where, oh, you have to look like us and sing like us and, and all yeah. of that. It, it, 
that mm. true community is found in the diversity of the church. When you can yep. have a conversation with a person of a different ethnicity mm. or a different socioeconomic background, yep. um, and you can actually benefit from from that. So mm. community, the, the tendency with community where it becomes hyper-community or hyper-nationalistic is this sense of I'm only going to hang out with people who are like me. And there, therein lies one of the downsides of mm. hyper-community. But, yep. but I think God community says, I need everyone else around me to compliment me. I need to see different mm. perspectives and benefit from mm. the fact that there are people in church of different, different mm. genders, different ages, different ethnicities, different mm. socioeconomic backgrounds. Mm. And they will all add value to me and purpose and meaning to me. Yep. That's why the church is, yeah. that's why Paul is so passionate about the diversity within the church. Mm. Mm. Yeah, to be a healthy, well-rounded person, you have to surround yourself with people that will stretch you and grow yes. you in the ways that you have no knowledge of. Yes. And the best mm. way of doing it is being in mm. those type of communities where you've got people who different backgrounds, different ideals, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So where you grow, you do have that one thing which brings you together, as we yeah. talked about before, which the is person. Jesus. That's right. Mm. Um, so we all have that one thing in common, but how we express that and how we have come to that is all going to be different. Yeah, the guys from this cultural moment, like I was listening to them on the way here this morning, and they said, I, I want to surround myself with people who um, are different but want the same thing. Yeah. And I think that's pivotal. That's a great thought. Yeah. When we think our all, hmm. we're, we're all about your kingdom come, your will be done. That's yeah. what we want. We, yeah. want. we want God to be glorified above yeah. all else. You know, and, and the way that happens can be very different. And that goes straight into number three, um, which is we need a cause to live for. Well, I, I like the fact on this one, guys, that that social justice and living for a cause bigger than yourself is actually not limited to the church. This is one of the pluses that our, our society is recognizing today. There is a rise of social justice work among non-Christians. It's, it's actually quite cool for millennials who aren't Christians to go to Africa and do what would basically we would call Christian mission work. Yep. Why? Because I think probably they're recognizing that the hyper-freedom thing isn't bringing the meaning, so they're starting to look for meaning in living for a cause bigger than mm. yourself. And that's what Jesus said. So we should be cheering that on and recognizing that because Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive. Most people are motivated by things that help them make a difference, yep. even if they have to give up some freedoms to do so mm. so i'm really excited about this one i think it's one of the, one of the most exciting things about our generation right mm. now is that if we can if we can tap into that and, and and recognize that that's part of how we how part of how we are called to be is we are called to live for the kingdom of god live for purpose and meaning mm. then let's be a people who inspire other people to do that yep. yeah when we make the Christian life about give your life to Jesus, come to the altar, give your life to him. Now you're going to just come to church and not do anything else with your life. Just be a good person and you mm. go to heaven one day when mm. you die. Yeah. How is that message appealing to young people today? Yeah, How right. is that a message going to be sold to yeah. other people? But when we say, hey, you know what? God has called you to truly represent him on the earth. You are called to be instruments of God's justice and love and peace. And you can make a difference that can actually benefit the quality of life of people on this planet. Mm. Yeah. Now, that is a call worth living for. Yeah. I'm sitting here with a massive smile on my face because Pastor Owen is beating my drum. This is, <laughs> this is it. And my, my thing that I keep saying to myself is my job is to take what people love and connect it with the cause of Christ. Mm. So one of the things that I always say to someone is, what do you love? Yeah, what are you passionate about? What do you love to do? Like if you could do anything, what would you do? And man, when we can connect that kind of stuff to Jesus and show them how that can be used to further the cause of Christ, that's when people start to transform the world because innovation is the thing that changes any kind of circumstance, mm. is always in innovatively changed. I think about our youth and man, like when you, when you read statistics, like, you know, some people say like half of Christians become Christians before the age of 18. I don't know the actual stat, but... It's a lot. It's a very, very large yeah. number of people. And when I hear people that are, quote-unquote, um, experts in generational kind of leadership, being Gen Zs and millennials and, and whatnot, 
and they're all saying that these young that the young people that uh, are walking the earth today all want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves mm. that's just an invitation it's for an opportunity us, for gospel mm, yeah. us as as leaders in the church to go out and find what these people love mm. and connect them to Christ. So here's something mm. I can, I don't know if you want to add something yeah. in a sec, Jimmy, but he, here's where I think this inspires me is that the passion I'm saying that, that, that young people, mm. especially today, a secular lung, young people have for social justice is great. Uh, I think sometimes the motivating fear behind that can be a bit of fear. Mm. Motivating factor can be fear, I should say. So, you know, Greta is... You know, mo- you know the whole motivating factor behind her. What was it? What's her surname? Thornburg. Thornburg. Uh, you know, there's there's you know a lot of people who are very pro what she said. There's a lot of people who are against what she said. Is she is she being manipulated, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. But there is probably a pervading message of fear, and we've touched on mm. we've touched on climate change mm. before. And I've said I'm not an expert on that, so I can't emphatically say one way or another whether the world has got 40 years to go or not. I I, I don't know, but what inspires me as a as a Christian is we can inspire people to be motivated by faith, not fear. Yes. So the reason you can go out there and make a difference mm. is because God has empowered you to bring his kingdom to earth. Yep. You don't need to be, the motivating factor doesn't need to be, oh, the world's so dark and sinister right now. Mm. I've got no choice. I've got to do something. Mm. It can be motivated by, no, I am God's answer. God has mm. placed me on the earth for such a time mm. as this, and I can make a difference and bring honor to his name. Mm. And let faith inspire you. Yeah. And I would argue that the activism that we see more often than not comes out of fear. But innovation that addresses the issue that the activists are crying out about, that's faith. Yeah. Because you're stepping out and you're saying, you're thinking and you're saying, all right, this is an issue. There's a young man who's created a um, basically a waste bin that goes into the ocean that collects waste. Yes, I see that. And he has come. He he has thought about an issue, and he's like, right, that's an issue. What can I do to help with so that he's issue? He's decided that just posting on social media about the environment and the ocean isn't enough. He's found a that's way to right. do something. Wow, that's great. So he's mm. gone and cre- he's gone out and thought of an idea, but then he stepped out in faith and spent some actual money on creating this thing and then putting it in the ocean to see if it works there's a lot of faith in that yeah and i and i think that that little acts of Mm. faith like that are the Mm. things that will transform an issue yeah great i think that as yeah as i was sharing before about the having them need needing for them to be as even as possible for us to be as healthy as possible um is that I think a lot of times in the church we can get sucked into the community and connection side of things and then sometimes we forget about what we're actually there for. Um, we can The community can get so jacked up in the church that that's what we're here about. We're here to be together, right. here to love people and whatever, mm. but then, you know, go out and enjoy a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, it's I may not have mentioned this. I had a vague recollection of recalling this in a previous episode where I heard Pastor Mark Connor say many years ago that a church service and community is like the time out in a basketball game where we mm. come in and strategize yeah. for the yeah. real game yeah. that takes place Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that's the... We need to, as like so talking from a Christian point of view, we need to know this cause that we are living for uh, and how do, we kn- how, do we, how do we do that? We do that by putting ourselves in community, by having a true understanding of freedom, mm. and those two things, through the Bible, through pe- prayer, through putting yourself in a church, planting yourself in a church, yes. and being coming under leadership of people, mm. and growing and serving, but then also from that, then going out. That's right. And the way that you live your life outside, the way that you engage with people that don't agree with you, that might tell you that you're... You know the worst thing to ever be, but engage in discussion and like it's that cause needs to be who you are, and it has to be that overflow and balance with being in a community and being you know and having those freedoms. I think that's the we need to find that balancing act of not going too far one way 
Um, and I think we, like we're going to be finishing on that about the idea of hyper freedom, about where our society is sort of at at the moment, that freedom has been pushed so far. Mm. Um, we need to, as Christians, sort of dial that back and have a better understanding of what freedom is, understanding of how important the church is and community is, uh, and not just church the building, as we've spoken about before, about church the people mm. that, are, that are set apart, and then the cause which we live for, which for us as Christians is, is Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and bringing them together to be so much better balance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's interesting the fact that we live in a digital age and we have access to the best preaching in the world, the best pro- podcast, the best worship music. Mm. And yet young people are flocking to the church because they know that y- while you can have all of that great stuff, community and connection mm. is what they're yearning for. Yeah. And um, I think it's fascinating mm. like that that's the that's the crux of the argument for, mm. for them is that, you know, I, I know I can get all that stuff. And there's a lot of churches that are doing online only and they're doing all, all kinds of great mm. things in my mind. I think yeah. it's really good that they're doing that mm. because they're all things to all men and they're reaching people that wouldn't have been reached. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, we were built for community. Yeah. So if we can get that mix right, the freedom, the community, and the cause. So yeah. I guess I'm thinking about it in the sense that the world's message is, is still largely around freedom. Mm. Is happiness is found in freedom. Mm. Uh, then as that is starting to break down, we're seeing a message being paralleled to that, which is true meaning is found in community yep. of people who like you look like mm. you sound like you and yet the missing link is probably this I, I, that's yet to be amped up to this right level is this mm. social living for a cause mm. because living for a cause requires denying freedoms mm. and it require it does require community but a community that is focused beyond the community yeah not a community that is focused primarily Honestly, for the community yeah. uh, and if we can get that right and we can place ourselves as Christians and Christian churches mm. in that environment, I, I think we're in a good season. I think we're heading into a season where we can really make a significant a, a significant difference for, mm. the, for the kingdom of God once, yep. we, once we realize that we need all three. Okay, so we'll just sort of, we'll finish on this last question here. And, and we talked about how the world currently or society currently is in this hyper freedom utopian worldview is that affecting the church in australia um and if so how can we avoid it or what can we do to make it not have an effect Mm -hmm. or work against that it's definitely affecting the church in Australia. It's, it's affecting the church worldwide. Um, I think it really comes back to what we've been talking about over all of our podcast episodes is that we're, it's not our job to control behavior. Mm. It's, our, it's our job to, to introduce people to our Savior and He will heal their hearts. And one of the ways that Jesus heals our hearts is that He gets us connected again um when i think about abiding in a vine we're we're all called to abide in this same vine Mm. together i think about iron sharpening iron and all these things that we we pull out of the bible it it can't happen in a vacuum Mm. it has to have you have to be rubbing up against each other in order for that to really take place in our in our lives and i think it's funny that while we we live in a place or, or, or a society or a time where freedom is, is so, uh, like it's so high up on our priority list, we, we still give away our freedoms to all sorts of things yeah. m- mindlessly. Yeah, we give away our freedom every time we walk into a shopping mall and... That's right. And, uh, you know, take our credit card with us and fail yeah. to recognise that you go into a clothes shop and the reason the music is upbeat and pop music is because that forces you to be excited and spend more money. That we that's don't realise right. that that's mm. giving away our freedom. That's mm. right. And every time we, like, I look at some of the addicts that I deal with all the time, man, they're not free. Mm. 
Some would say, oh, they, it's their right to take drugs if they want to. But they don't want to. Yeah, sure. Mm. They, they're not free. Yeah. They're slave to this mm. thing mm. that is killing them. Yeah. You look at methamphetamine. It mm. is the worst thing that I've ever seen. And I'm yet to meet an addict. And I ask this question often. I say, do you regret the first time you ever took methamphetamine? Every single addict I've ever spoken to and asked that question has said yes. Wow, and they and when I look at the the man who was living in the catacombs that Jesus healed, and man, that to me that's a picture of methamphetamine. He they're taken away and they're living on the street or they're living in a van in the back of a drug dealer's house, in squalor and filth. And man, I I reckon any single one of those people would would take your helping hand, mm. and and say I don't want to live in this way anymore. Wow. Mm. Wow, Jimmy, mm. Adam, that's pretty amazing. Mm. Pretty, pretty amazing to think that we have opportunity if we represent Christ well mm. to genuinely bring people into mm. true, mm. lasting freedom. Mm. And it's messy as. Yeah, it's messy. <laughs> yeah. It's and messy like this is Jesus what we're signing up yeah. for. We're yeah. signing up to make disciples of all nations. So what does it mean to take, to follow our cr- take up our cross and follow Jesus? I, I think for each of us it's going to be a different cross to bear Mm. but we all should be bearing a cross so you know the question was is this getting into the church i agree with adam i Mm. I think absolutely it's getting into the church i i am concerned that i'm preaching to myself here i'm concerned that when i walk into a church on a sunday i wonder how much of this is what am i going to get out of this today how is this going to help me get what i want Mm. Mm. Uh, rather than how is this going to help me enable me empower me how is the worship experience, even if it's a worship experience that's different to what I like or prefer or the preaching style isn't ideal for me, but how am I going to be able to get something from God today that will help me add value to someone else this week? So yeah. That to me is a giving up of my freedom. And the, the problem is we all have this implicit bias. It's across in our preaching. It's across in our worldview because our worldview is still predominantly success, happiness, meaning comes from too much from the much as much freedom as you can get so we've we've exchanged the mm. christian message for how can my god make me happy mm. how can not, my, not i'll how be can happy my yeah my mm. god i'll be happy when god answers all my prayers i'll be happy mm. when he meets all my needs rather than hang on i've come here to give my life up for the one who's already given up his life for me yeah that's great man that is true meaning and purpose i think mm. yeah and that is messy it's yeah. awesome yeah, being in the middle, and it can't, in the middle, can't the be done. It can't be done without the power of the Spirit. It has to be done with His with His power. Yeah. Mm. Great. So I think we'll wrap that up there. Um, so Thanks, yeah, everyone. Just encourage everyone, as we said before. So a lot of the stuff we talked about came from um, Mark Sayers and talking about um, from that. Um, this cultural moment podcast so I encourage you to go across and have a look there if you want to get some more um, reference to what we've been talking about um, and so those three reservoirs of human meaning were freedom community and connection and we need a cause to live for and we believe that all of those are found in Jesus and in the church and we want to encourage you to be looking at that and finding a balance of those three um, and if you have any questions, come and find us. Chuck a comment on our social media. And, uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe, share uh, this podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll speak to you next time. Thanks, thanks everybody.